The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. In studio today, continuing with our uh, drive and theme to bring awareness to breast cancer in our acknowledgement of Breast Cancer Month, we have uh, inside of my breast cancer journey, Miss Maria Bartholomew. She's a physician. Her journey began in 2021 during the pandemic. She felt a lump during the pandemic and three days later, she mentioned it to the doctor and after checking it out, was told that she has cancer. Fast track to surgery within a week uh, that she was operated on and she decided to do a full mastectomy. Maria had chemo that went over three months and at the height of the pandemic, the support and positive energy made her journey. So welcome to Freedom 106.5 FM, Miss Bartholomew. How thank are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, and you know, we were briefing off air and you were telling me a part of your story, but let me first uh, start off by asking, how are you feeling today, both physically and mentally? No, very well. Very yes? Well. Yeah. So you're, you're very positive about your journey thus oh, far. absolutely, absolutely. I was just saying to somebody this morning, I was thinking, suppose I hadn't been diagnosed with cancer, where would I be now? I'd be running around like a headless chicken, I think. Hmm. You know, there's... It has centered me in many ways. Yeah. And <coughs> off air, we were, we were, I said the word um, journey, I believe it was. And you said, you said battle. Battle. Yes. The word battle. And you said, no, it's not a battle. And then we were trying to figure out what adjective to give to the story. Did you come up with one? No. No. But the reason I kind of reacted to battle mm-hmm. was. Because it kind of suggested to me that, well, that battle is unique to maybe cancer or breast cancer. Mm-hmm. We all have many battles in life to deal with. Some of them related to health and some of them related to many other issues. Mm-hmm. You know, life's a journey and we get thrown curveballs along the way and we can't predict when they're going to pitch up. Mm-hmm. So this is a curveball. I like that one. Yeah, like curveball. Yeah, I think I will go with that one as well. Because, uh, like you say, life is full of challenges and it's how we step up to the plate to deal with our curveball. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So tell me, how did you, what was the, the what was your curveball? How it was, was it presented to you? On the day, maybe? Yeah, yeah well, like, uh, well, to, um, to preface what we were discussing off air, you went in for one issue and found another Tell us about that story. Okay, well, I've had just to backtrack a bit. I mean, I've, I've many women have uh, what we call dense breasts or fibrocystic breasts with lumps, mm-hmm. and I've known for many years that I had dense breasts, and t- from time to time, I would feel lumps, and they were cysts. Mm-hmm. No big deal. You know, I'd have it investigated. Um, at one point, I had a, I woke up one day and I felt a four centimeter lump, about eight years ago. I thought, oh my God, mm-hmm. how come I'm only noticing this now? I'm a doctor. I'm supposed to feel that. I'm supposed, mm-hmm. to, <laughs> I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be sensitive to these things. And um, it it really, at that time, seven years ago, it put me it put me into fear. I was paralyzed for three days. I couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Thinking, oh my God, I've got I've got cancer. What am I going to do? What should I do? And I was literally paralyzed until I, after about three, four days, I thought, okay, 
Maria, calm down. Mm. Call a friend. So I did. I called one of my colleagues and he, he checked me out and it turned out to be just a cyst with some fluid in it. So um, uh, fast track to now during the pandemic, I feel another lump. So at first I think, well, it's just a cyst. Mm -hmm. So I kind of let it sit for about a few days and then I called a friend and I said, you know, I felt a new lump today. So I'm not thinking anything sinister at all. Mm -hmm. She said, finish what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And at lunchtime, after lunch, come down, go down to the, uh, the hospital and have it checked out. Have Call your friend mm -hmm. and have it checked out. Have, an, have a radiologist look at it. So, um, I know, of course, it's easier for me to get these things done. I'm a, I'm a physician and mm -hmm. the friend who I called was a classmate of mine from school. So, you know, I can get fast-tracked. Mm -hmm. It's not the same for everybody I know. Um, so, he looked at did an ultrasound on my breast and he said, you know, this, this one looks different. Mm -hmm. Let's check it out. So there was a surgeon there at the time. That same afternoon, he put a needle in. He aspirated, took a little of fluid out for him. And I went back to my office, mm -hmm. seeing patients. And I had two patients in front of me. And about two hours later, I got a call to say that um, the doctor who looked at it under the microscope saw some bad cells, some malignant cells. Mm -hmm. So I knew within 24 hours that um, I had a, a cancer. Um, my initial response, sort of, I think, kind of matter of fact, I, okay, let's just press on and do what we have to do. Mm -hmm. The enormity of it didn't really hit me right away. I actually had a meeting an hour later, which I held, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm not alone in this. This, as you know, I'm sure from talking to people as you have been doing with breast cancer, that it's almost one in eight women mm -hmm. who will develop breast cancer during the course of their lifetime. Um, it, I'm a little, I don't want to say um, more interested, that, that might sound a little harsh, but it is interesting to me, um, you as a doctor, you know, your reaction to finding the lump and then saying, oh, it's, it's not that important because many of the other stories we've heard as well, uh, many people saying, you know, they felt it, but they didn't take it seriously. Um, and, and that's one of the things that doctors tend to advocate the most. As soon as you feel it, go and check it out. You know, it, it's not a matter of um, making yourself afraid or becoming anxious, but, yeah, yeah. but not to stick on it. Correct. Yeah. My sticking was that day mm -hmm. and, and six years before was just three days of sticking mm -hmm. when I didn't know that hey you need to call a friend or you need to see a doctor mm -hmm. um, and uh, I mean the friend that I called two years ago was a doctor herself and she pushed me to go in that same very day I might have given it another couple of days thinking it was just a cyst again but yes so that's an important point for, for your listeners mm -hmm. that if you do feel something that's different Seek help. Mm -hmm. Different meaning maybe you feel a lump. Maybe you see a little change in the shape of the nipple or maybe you're experiencing a, a discharge from the nipple, uh, either bloody discharge or some sort of fluid coming out of the nipple. Maybe it's a little pain that you um, didn't have before. Now, this is not to say that it's going to be cancer. Mm -hmm. uh, many, more often than not, it's not. But check it out. Put yeah. your mind at ease at least. At least, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and check it out. Uh, another question coming to you. 
what can you say or share as a moment or experience that has been particularly challenging during your cancer journey? In the initial stages, fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably being a physician doesn't help because you sometimes can go to the worst. I didn't. I've never had the courage to sort of read up on, about it. So some of my, one of my doctors who's looking after me asked me if I didn't read up on X, Y, or Z about the condition. I said, No, I'm the patient. Mm. I can't bring myself really to read on the details of it. I'm I'm look, I'm depending on you for guidance. But initially. Fair um, is it? Is it? Has it spread beyond? Um, I'm going to face surgery. Fear of surgery. Just lying in the CT. St- when you know when you're diagnosed, once the diagnosis is made, it's made by a biopsy. Mm-hmm. So the doctors will numb the area and put a little needle in mm-hmm. to the area where the lump is and take a little piece, and that's called a biopsy. Um, and um, <coughs> that's nothing to fear about that that's painless that's the way it's confirmed and once it's confirmed then next question is is it contained to the breast or is it has it spread beyond spread beyond has it mm-hmm. spread to the lungs has it spread to the liver has it spread to the bones so then they're going to ask you to do a ct scan and you have to lie down on the machine again it's, this is not a painful exercise they w- will inject some dye in and you do get a st- sort of strange feeling when the dye has been injected but that's transit mm-hmm. transitory um, but while you're lying there in the scanner machine you're thinking oh my gosh what are they going to find yeah. I mean, so the morning you get up to go for your CT scan mm-hmm. there's fear, there's anxiety mm-hmm. you know and for some people, for me luckily there was no spread um, it was contained to the breast they did find another um mass in my thyroid gland mm-hmm. which was incidental um, which I had to have operated on as well but fortunately that was benign mm-hmm. but it's left me with a croaky voice mm. so I apologize to, to you and your listeners <laughs> No problem. that I have this croaky sexy voice <laughs> <laughs> so just to clarify it, it, the operation damaged your vocal cord a bit it damaged the nerve that supplies the vocal cord so right. only one vocal cord moves so some days are good voice days and other days are a little crooked. But we don't mind. We don't <laughs> mind. Just have to pay attention a little harder. That's all. That's and um, one of so the other questions coming is what brings you comfort and strength during a time like this? Now, I'm, I'm still baffled over the part of a doctor uh, basically going through with your knowledge of being how the, the body the being fence. on the other side yes, of the fence. Exactly. And that probably made me more anxious mm-hmm. in the initial phases. But that's a great question. You know, it's so important to be surrounded by positivity. Mm-hmm. That was a big help, having positivity from friends and family around you, okay? Um, that, that's, that's number one. Um, the other thing that helped to, to send to me um, was meditation, which I had done many years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, forgot about it. And during my chemo days, so, and it was the height of the pandemic, so um, I spent a lot of time looking at TV, mm-hmm. just lying down really, and, um, and reading. Mm-hmm. And I was given this book on, on meditation three years prior. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what, let me read this thing. 
So I started reading it and um, started practicing again. And then I got in touch with the person who had given me a book to discover Sister Ruth Montrichard that she actually runs a uh, meditation center, mm-hmm. a form of Christian meditation. And that helped a lot with the fear because you really have to take it one day at a time. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing to, to say to people and I say to patients, look, we've taken this one day at a time. Um, some of us will get the news that we have cancer that hasn't spread great so we can be, some of us can be cured, but not all of us. Mm-hmm. Some of us, unfortunately, might be diagnosed with the cancer at a later stage where the spread already may be to the lungs or the liver. Mm-hmm. But there's still a lot that can be done to help. Um, and the science is moving very quickly and the new drugs coming on stream all the time. Mm-hmm. And even people who have a, a diagnosed at a later stage are surviving longer than they did in the past. Mm-hmm. So there's always hope. Mm-hmm. And uh, you really just have to take one day at a time. And techniques such as meditation, exercise, being with friends, listening to music. At first, you don't want to do those things. Yeah. But you know, they, they help. Mm-hmm. And being around positive energy helps you just to take it one day at a time. And it, that h- helps with assuaging the fear. Mm-hmm. Helps with the fear. Well, TNT, it is 10.39 in the nation's capital. Going to take a short break. And we come back, we will talk more with Dr. Bartholomew and her journey through this terrible disease. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability, the all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. Welcome back, Trinidad and Tobago. We're inside Human Impact and Freedom 106.5 FM. And in our celebration and recognition of Breast Cancer Month, we are doing a series called It Doesn't Define Me, where we speak to warriors and survivors and also those who are midst of their journey to find out, you know, what carries them through, what motivates them, and to give an idea of support to those who are, you know, I don't want to say afraid, but who are going through the journey and are concerned about what to do. And in studio, we have with us Dr. Bartholomew, who is on her own journey, dealing with her curveball as <laughs> she described it earlier when we started so i have a question for you again are yeah. there any positive moments or personal victories you'd like to share from your journey lots of positive moments mm-hmm. um when i <coughs> was first diagnosed i remember um i was speaking to actually i was speaking to the uh, his grace archbishop gordon I just informed him about my diagnosis after mass one day. And he pulled me aside. He said, come come inside and, and chat. Mm-hmm. I told him that I'd just been diagnosed. And he said, you know, cancer can be a gift. Mm. And he was right, you know. It certainly forced me to stop and reprioritize my life. Um, to slow down. Mm-hmm stop and smell the roses if you want to go to a concert go to the concert don't say well maybe next year I'll go to it mm-hmm. do it now mm-hmm. um, time with family I've reorganized my well it's a work in progress it, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I've reorganized my work schedule so that um, I have a peace in myself better 
um, so it's forced me to adjust to my work-life schedule in a good way. And and you suddenly realize there's a lot that we fret about that's just not important. Mm-hmm. You know? And so and in a way I'm grateful. I don't say I I don't regret having been diagnosed with breast cancer. Now, suppose I had been diagnosed with more advanced cancer, that I might have my, my thoughts might have been different. Mm-hmm. But that said, you know, I in even in just my work and also with f- friends with advanced cancer. So this is something I'm dealing with all the time with other people. Mm-hmm. And I am amazed pe- I was uh, by people who are facing in the terminal phases by their resilience and grace, mm-hmm. many of them, and how many of them use the time to reinforce and affirm the love that mm-hmm. they have for others to bury hatchets mm-hmm. you know so even even p- people even if people were diagnosed at late stage and, and, and with bad disease there's still opportunity within that you know I've also seen people not use the opportunities mm-hmm. but I've also seen people use the opportunity of their to, of, of their journey and their final days mm-hmm. s- use those opportunities so well and avail of them so even th- even if my my story is, is is a good story so far because i haven't it's been contained but even so it does bring you a, um, a deeper awareness mm-hmm. of your mortality and mm-hmm. you think about it every day which yeah. you wouldn't normally mm-hmm. but not in a bad way because it, it, it brings about a certain urgency for things that matter. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and you see, see priorities a whole lot clearer. Right, that's right. An urgency for for wanting peace around you. And that's an important mm-hmm. thing for, um, for people going through these challenges. During the, during the initial stages especially, you not only do you want positive energy and, and support from friends, but you also want peace and serenity around you. Mm-hmm. So if there are warring family members, you want, you want peace there. And as you move on and you have an acu- more acute awareness of your mortality, you want to see peace and serenity in your own family. Mm-hmm. And you want in, you're reminded of the importance of affirming love. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you kind of covered the next question I, I have for you. How do you cope with fear and uncertainty about the future? And Basically, your answer for the previous question gives an idea of how you deal with that. You want to be more present in in your situations and your dealings with people, peace, serenity. And that is the absence of fear. When when fear is not there, you have those things. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not looking way down the road. Right. (laughs) Just looking at this moment right now. Yes. Yeah. And your faith has a lot to do with your uh, your groundedness, I believe. Yes, and that's that's another journey, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a journey in progress, you know. But I remember being given a little a little short prayer, mm-hmm. four words, uh, during the time of my chemo. Let go, let God. Mm-hmm. That's it. I remember one night when I was I woke up, I was having a lot of pain, 
I didn't have the normal nausea and bad feelings with chemo. Everybody's chemo isn't the same for everybody. Yeah. Some people it's a walk in the park. No symptoms. They're cool. They're going to work. They mm-hmm. I bumped up a friend of mine, he was hopping on a plane, I bumped in the airport in, in between his chemo sessions. Mm. Others may have significant side effects. Mm-hmm. I went to bed the first night with a big red bucket by my bedside. Because I thought, oh, I'm gonna, the vomiting is going to start sometime. Mm-hmm. It never did. But I did have pain mm-hmm. um, on the second and third nights post-chemo. And um, it took me by surprise the first time. Mm-hmm. And I remember that, that prayer. And that really helped that night. Because what helped me too is that I'm, being a physician, I, know that the, I knew that the pain was in my bones and nothing's going to explode. Nothing's going to be... I don't need to jump in the car and go to the emergency room. I knew mm-hmm. that bad was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Just that the pain was intense. intense. Mm-hmm. So the only treatment for that is, okay, get in the zone, mm-hmm. pray, let go, let God. And everything passes. Yeah. And everything passes. Uh, are there positive moments or pos- well? I asked that one already. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, the, what is the role of your loved ones? What roles do they play in your emotional support and well-being? Being present, staying calm, positive. I mentioned this before. But I can't say it over. Mm-hmm. I can't overemphasize it. Positivity. Mm-hmm. Um, for them, I guess because I have an understanding of, of the disease myself um, that's sort of I was the one explaining to them and I was able to reassure them uh, I guess I had better tools for that being a physician mm-hmm. you know that I could reassure them so that they could um, deal with it um, and that I had the language to explain it to them um, but they were all very supportive, uh, positive, and I had wonderful friends with with great positive energy. We would do fun things. Mm-hmm. You know, it was my birthday during the chemo, and two of my friends came by. <coughs> you know, one of them was um, Dr. Sabga and doc- Dr. Jackie Sabga and Dr. Simon Moses. They're both mm-hmm. um, they're great friends, and Jackie does a lot of work for cancer mm-hmm. as well. And it was my birthday during the chemo, and they turned up. It was during the pandemic, so they mm-hmm. came with balloons attached to the car. Uh. And, you know, so there's still room for fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, my mom is 88 years old, and there she was mothering me. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how blessed can you be to mm-hmm. uh, have, have your mom mothering you at, at my age and at her age, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, and so, you know, you just want family to to be with you, be positive, not to be afraid, and and, and, and to help. And sometimes it's just quiet presence. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have, you don't always have to have words. Mm-hmm. Just presence. Just being there. Just being there. And we're almost to the top of 11 o'clock, but there's a question I would like to ask you in terms of the perspective of a from doctor to doctor, any doctors that are listening, seeing as you are a patient, mm-hmm. how uh, would you translate it so that the doctor could have maybe a little more empathy mm-hmm. and understanding from yeah. that perspective? What what advice would you have for them? Right, but before I say that, I, I want to say a big thank you to all my doctor friends who, <laughs> no who doctored me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were so gracious, so generous, you know, 
both here and, 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 and abroad. I had my thyroid care abroad, but mm-hmm. all my breast care was done here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, wonderful, wonderful. Um, I, I was going to say names, but then I'm afraid I might forget names. Mm-hmm. So I think let's just say you, all you the guys doctors. know who you are and how, mm-hmm. grateful, how grateful I am. And as a physician, um, empathy and, you know, one of the things that a patient said to me the other day, well, that he highlighted to me that was important is t- empathy, but you need time. Mm-hmm. You need to give the patient that time to be empathetic. Mm-hmm. And if you're rushed in a consultation, the empathy won't even have a chance. Mm-hmm. The doctor's empathy won't have a tan- chance to surface. So to my doctor colleagues, num- number one, give them the time. Give this the encounter the, the time for empathy to surface. Mm-hmm. Listen. Mm-hmm. Listen first. So listen and time. Listening and time. Mm-hmm. And that will allow empathy to rise. I appreciate that answer. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you coming into the studios of Freedom 106.5 FM to give us an idea of your journey and sharing it with us. And I really hope we helped someone out there today. Yes, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. You've got this. Mm-hmm. Better days will come for those of you going through the journey. Those of you who've been through it, um, reach out. Mm-hmm. Reach out. Thank you so much. So we're going to shut down this hour here mm-hmm. at Trinidad and Tobago. Thank you for being with me. The best insight. Instant feedback. Accountability. The all-new Talk Radio. Freedom 106.5.